Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. In today's world, we're constantly being bombarded with information from thousands of news sources. But how do you know which ones to actually believe? As we talked about uh, holding the First Amendment as we the people, that it doesn't belong to the president, nor does it belong to the press. It belongs to us. But how do we actually navigate that? Uh, There is a fabulous new piece in Y Magazine. Freelance writer Melody Warnick uh, talked with media experts to come up with a list of do's and don'ts to help us navigate news media successfully. And Melody joins us now. Again, she's a freelance writer and editor and writer at Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, Virginia. Melody, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Boyd. I I loved your piece. Uh, It gave so many just real practical, tactical strategies in terms of really how we consume the news. But before we get to that, I want to start with some of the research that you looked at in terms of what we tend to do naturally when it comes to digesting news. Right. So that is the funny thing. We all think that we're really smart when it comes to, you know, reading media and knowing what's true. But one of the people I talked to for the story was BYU librarian Jessica Johnson Green. And she had 89 BYU students come in and they showed them um, pages from different news websites and had them read stories and respond to them. And people thought they were being super rational. They were looking at important things. They were evaluating whether the sites were accurate or not. But in reality, what a lot of them were doing was responding emotionally. You know, one of the stories that they showed students was an article about Uh, birth control for teens and included a lot of scientific research, but people were more likely than they thought to just respond in, in an emotional way based on their own biases. You know, I don't support birth control for teenagers. Therefore this whole article is bad. And so I think what we've realized from the research is that none of us is as good at this as we think we are. And we all have um, a propensity to, sort of be taken in by our emotions and um, our preconceived feelings about things. Yeah, that confirmation bias blindness, I think, is uh, uh, just gets us into so many places where we think, oh, yeah, that kind of fits with my narrative of the world. So, yeah, it must be true. <laughs> and we kind of click and we and we keep rolling on. Uh, and so in, in right. your piece, you talked about uh, kind of changing the, the mindset in terms of how we, we go about it. Uh, give us a little insight into to a different approach. Uh, of how we got to be looking at things. Yeah, so there were three main pieces of, of advice that came out of this that kind of 
surprise me. It used to be that when people talked about media literacy, it'd be like, here's this 20-point checklist, and every time you read an article, you should run it down the list. And I think there was finally a realization that no one has the time or the bandwidth to do that. And so instead, experts are now recommending a really simple three-step process So first is read laterally. Um, uh, There was a 2018 study out of Stanford that found that most people, when they go to a website, they read vertically, meaning they stay on the page, they go up and down the page. And if they're trying to judge whether this is a reliable news source, they're looking at things like design and the domain name and logos and things. But when they brought in fact checkers to evaluate whether a site was reliable, the fact checkers spent very little time on the, the main site that they were being asked to evaluate. Instead, they immediately got off it and went to see what other sources were saying about this website. So they go to Wikipedia or, or other organizations. Even Googling turned out to be valuable. And you would get other outside perspectives on whether this is a website, a news site that you can actually trust. So that was the first one was read laterally. Yeah. And I think that read laterally is so important because you, you described what most of us do. We just get into that thing. We're scrolling down. If there's a nice graphics like, Oh, yep. It's gotta be true. You know, if it's it's in a cool graphic, (laughs) it's gotta be true. (laughs) Uh, So give give us the, so go lateral, read laterally. That's our, that's our first thing. What's the second thing we ought to be doing? Read laterally was first. Second was go upstream which kind of sounds similar to read laterally, and it, and it sort of is. It is get off the page by clicking on the links and figuring out who the sources are. Lots of times when we look at uh, an article online, we think, oh, gosh, they, they have a lot of links here. They seem to have quoted real people, and we kind of take it at face value that that, that is a good sign. And so when we go upstream, it means you're actually going to click on the links and see where they take you. And maybe you're going to Google some of the experts that are quoted and see, you know, whether these people are, are reliable, whether these sources are reliable. So you're kind of going, again, a little further afield than the website you were originally on. Yeah, and I think that's so important what you pointed out in terms of links. Uh, we have to remember that for many articles that uh, aren't real solid, those links are more part of a marketing strategy than they are a content or a (laughs) truth strategy. So following those links, going upstream, exploring those, check the sources. If they're quoting somebody, make sure that's not their, you know, Uncle Ted or their, you know, their long lost cousin. (laughs) Uh, Make sure they're real. And again, going upstream. What's the third thing we ought to be doing? So the third thing is acknowledge bias. And, um, That, you know, when we hear that, it sounds like I'm going to get really good at ferreting out whether the site I'm looking at has some underlying bias. But interestingly, what this tip is really asking you to do is acknowledge your own bias. Like you said earlier, we all are prone to confirmation bias. And in fact, studies have shown that we're twice as likely to gravitate toward information that supports what we already believe. So, you know, as we're thinking about analyzing the media that we're consuming, we need to get really clear on what are the beliefs and values that we're bringing to the table. Not to say that we have to leave all those behind, but just to become aware of maybe some of the unconscious ways we're applying our own feelings to what we're consuming rather than um, 
you know, accepting science and studies and things like that. So just acknowledging that you're applying bias as well. So those three things, read laterally, go across, go upstream, check the sources and the links, and then just acknowledging your bias and how things are, are framed that way. Uh, just want to sneak in a couple of things. You also put in your re- article, and we'll post this on our social feed so people can go read this and check it out. Uh, you also went through some significant mistakes that we tend to make, including things like letting social media be your news source and feeding you the news or allowing your emotions to, to drive a lot of things. Uh, give us one that is you think is real vital in terms of mistakes that we just have to avoid. Well, I think the one you just mentioned, allowing emotions to drive your likes and reposts. One thing that stuck out to me as I researched this article was that the whole Facebook algorithm is set up to elevate posts that get more, you know, emoji reactions, those little likes and hearts and things like that. And it it doesn't matter what the reaction is, just the more emotion there's involved, Um, in the reactions, the more likely it is to show up in your feed and make you react to it too. So I think that is, you know, that is the nature of our media landscape, uh, to be honest, is that it wants to evoke strong emotion. And sometimes that's, you know, great emotion, um, but a lot of times it's to get us angry and riled up. So don't let, you know, your news sources or your media feed control how you feel in your day. Yeah. You recognize that this is what's going on and um, don't allow yourself to be manipulated by it. Yeah. Take a little control of it. Fantastic. Melody Warnick, uh, again, fabulous piece in Y Magazine. Uh, great insight in terms of how all of us can take control of how we consume media to make sure we're getting to the right stuff. Uh, Melody, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much. All right, we'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. That's a critical one, folks. Uh, It's up to we the people. Those are some good strategies to make sure you get it right. Stay with us. Much more to come on Inside Sources. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. 